Welcome to the Experts Podcast, where we take you behind the scenes of what it really means to be in the media. Featuring interviews with media stable experts and some of Australia's prominent media. We'll break down some of the myths, the fears, the skills and the knowledge needed to succeed in the media. The Experts Podcast is for the business owner, communicator, PR professional, leader of industry or anyone looking to develop their profile to be a recognised expert. The Experts Podcast is powered by Media Stable. Well, hello everyone. Welcome to the Experts Podcast. My name is Nick Hayes. Hi, I'm Carmen Braidwood. You certainly are Carmen Braidwood. And we have a business coach in the Experts Podcast here today. Now, business coaches, Carmen, when you say business mm-hmm. coach, what do you think? Oh, like pay mail and stale. Does that mean? Is that not? Is that, are they, they it's are. sadly kind of what comes to mind. It's a yeah. bit old school. It's a bit blokey. It's a bit, uh, yeah, old school and blokey. There's nothing old school and blokey about our business coach. Her name's Stephanie Gorton. Welcome, Steph. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. I feel honoured to be classified in, as an expert. In the, you are. What, what, what could you possibly be if you weren't an expert? <laughs> Well, yeah, correct. <laughs> you're, you're in the pink. I love the pink. Can I just say, straight up, Carms, it's, you yeah. are on brand already. I try to live on brand at this stage. Yeah, I try to really embody the brand in every single thing that I do. Pretty much everything in our house is pink, my poor, my poor husband. Really? Well, if you follow Steph Gorton, as most women in business like myself do, you know, there's there's definitely this sense, and um, but well before I even had met Steph for the very first time, which has only been once before now, I just felt like everywhere I went, people were going, Steph Gorton, Steph. Steph Gordon, Steph Gordon, Steph Gordon. I'm like, I've got to find out who this Steph Gordon chick is. Yep. You know, this is the kind of person you see in the feed. You see the pink clothing. Is that the real you or is it a branding decision you made at some stage? It's funny because growing up I was really into pink and then kind of got into later in life and, and I guess got into the corporate world and started wearing black and then everything was black, black, black. <laughs> and I think uh, the um, the pink has been a, a bit of a re-emergence, but it is a, it's, it is a colour I love and, you know, luckily it suits my complexion. <laughs> uh, but no, and it's it's something that I do bring with me and try and incorporate everywhere within, within my brand, but also something that I live. And I think when you have a personal brand, it needs to be a reflection of who you are. And so, yeah, am I on brand 90% of the time? Yes. <laughs> yeah, and it's so true when you do work for a corporation of some kind, you do tend to start physically embodying their brand too. You just mm. start to sort of pick away at bits of yourself that don't fit the brand and just go with theirs. And I wore a b- lot of black working at dude radio stations all those years. The dude yeah. radio stations. The dude radio yeah, stations. Yeah, yeah. Gotta wear black. Yeah. Hey, uh, Steph, the, the energy that you bring, and look, I, I follow you on Instagram. You're, you're uh, an incredible performer on there. Uh, I've listened to quite a few of your podcasts. Where does the energy come from? Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, do you know what? Up until uh, my first kind of, I guess, foray into business, I thought that I had endless energy. Like I actually genuinely thought that I had energy that could go and go and go until like hit burnout the first time and then subsequently many, many times after that because really learning and understanding my energetic capacity has been something that has been quite a big thing for me to understand for myself. Sure. Mm. However, where does the energy come from? Um, I'm actually an, a massive introvert. So uh, I spend a lot of time at home alone. You are an introvert. Yes. 
<laughs> Hello. Mm. So hang on, hang on. There'll be a lot why. of listeners here that follow <laughs> Steph Gorton going, are mm. you kidding me? Yeah, I never leave the house. I hate leaving the house. Uh, and I am, I'm a real introvert. And it's not that it's a performance. It's just that I do get really excited yeah. when I go out. I do get really excited when I'm speaking about something that I'm passionate about. And it really takes it out of me. And so I've really had to learn that Monday to Friday, I really have to keep my energetic system quite uh, modulated. And I guess... I don't coach as much as I used to anymore either face to face because that was also a huge yeah. energy expense. Mm. And so, uh, yeah, it's something that I, I really have to keep on top of. But when I'm showing up to speak about what I love, which is business and really in the broad spectrum of things, women's empowerment and helping women to be more confident in the, in the business space, I just get lit up. Yeah. Well, let's talk about how that came to be. Let's get the Steph Gorton story here, of which I'm a little bit familiar having followed you on the gram, which is where you do a lot of your storytelling and business development. How did it all get started for you? Yeah, I just um, woke up one day uh, on the beach. Uh, well, I didn't wake up on the beach. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 Must have been a big night before. <laughs> Some things have changed. Uh, not many. But no, I woke up one morning and I, was at the, I, I went to the beach and I remember sitting there with a girlfriend of mine and I'd hit kind of a... a I guess like I hit the highest rank that I could in the career that I was in without going and studying and getting, you know, another degree. And what was that career? Um, I was I was just in uh, buying and purchasing for a company called Aldi, the supermarket company. Oh, I've never heard of them. Yeah, yeah. weird. Yeah. <laughs> they always spell that Aldi. Uh, and so I was in their purchasing department and in order to move up in Aldi, you had to go and get a degree to be able to come. And so I, I haven't got a degree. So my my rank had kind of come to its to its conclusion and I was looking at other jobs and other things that I could do and I remember sitting on the beach with my girlfriend I said to her I just feel like there's more like I just feel like I feel bored and I I don't know what it is and so I started volunteering for you know moonlight cinemas and trying to find purpose elsewhere because I knew that it was purpose that was lacking Mm -hmm. and uh, then I met my now husband um, Tim and he said he was an entrepreneur just one of those people who was born an entrepreneur you know and he said, you should start a business. And I remember laughing because that's what other people do. Successful mm. people do that. But, <laughs> you know, dumb blonde girls who work at Aldi, they don't do that. Girls without degrees, girls with parents who went bankrupt, girls like me, we don't we do not do stuff like that. And uh, eventually he got me into the self-development world and eventually I started my first business, which just took off really, really quickly. And I had a lot of people asking me how I did it. And so I kind of got started in business coaching and uh, just really casually and then now that's what I do. And it's really grown. It's huge. How quickly has the growth occurred? Of the business coaching business? Yeah. Um, In 20, the way I like to describe it is 2021, I was making about $5,000 a month. I had a handful of clients that I was seeing one-to-one. Um, and by the end of financial year 2022, so, um, you know, pr- approximately uh, 18 months later, uh, we had serviced 480 clients and uh, revenue. Uh, my team had grown from me <laughs> to uh, 12 of us and we were grossing $1.2 million, um, in just in just that 18-month period. Did, did COVID help with that? Is that? Because that is right slam bang in the COVID period. Yeah, so my first business was an events business. And so that COVID... That, wouldn't, that would have done so well <laughs> yeah, in COVID. it was not so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it went down. And my partner also, we, we own a gym, which also went down. Right, mm. And so we found ourselves in a position where, you know, I had already wanted to be business coaching. I had already built a, a business coaching course for mm. creatives to start getting their creative businesses off the ground. And so I just went 
full purpose driven. As soon as COVID hit, I was like, that's it. I'm going to sell a course to help women who are wanting to start their businesses, who are now not, no longer trusting their employers mm. um, to get their businesses off the ground. And I'm going to charge pennies for it because people don't have a lot of money during COVID. Mm. Mm. And I think we got 120 people in that first ever course. I think I charged like $395 for it. Yeah. And, um, and, and from that word of mouth, it was quite a big, you mentioned, like everyone was talking. Just was, word. Yeah, people mentioning your name everywhere during that period. And it it's, was it's really one of strong. my growth tactics is to not charge a lot, massively over-deliver and have a lot of people talking about you. Well, yeah. it's not a bad business plan. I like it. Comes because it, charge little, yeah. over, over-produce and uh, people keep coming back and having yeah. a look at it. Having lots and lots of, and I was thinking about this on the way in, you have raving fans everywhere you go. I think that's the key. So a a bit like getting your media right when you get it right and you give a condensed message and then it goes out into the community and everyone else becomes your publicist you're making clients into your publicists and they just go out there and go Steph Gorton's great Steph Gorton's great Uh, you know and it's kind of the holy grail of coaching you know I've got a coaching business and the holy grail of coaching is how to scale the dang thing because there's only one you and everyone wants access to you so how do you solve that problem so initially it's always tricky like when I first started my current coaching program you know, it was just me. I was doing all the sales calls. I was doing all the group coaching calls. We have five group coaching calls available per week. So it's one per day. We do one-to-one coaching calls. So there was a lot of coaching and, and I burnt out many, many times. And I realized eventually that this was not scalable. I could not, you know, there was more demand than I could service. Mm. And so I knew I had to bring coaches in and it was probably the single most terrifying yeah. decision that I made because why would you sign up to a Steph Gordon coaching program if you weren't going to get Steph Gordon? Mm. That, didn't, that didn't make any sense to me. Um, at the time, until I found the right people to bring into the business that had already created so much success for themselves that well, most of the people that we have coaching our program are people who have gone through the program and created incredible success. Yeah. Yep. So they're really bought into the brand. They're, um, you know, they, they know our content. They know how we teach. They know what the values are. Um, and they've actually done it. So they're living, walking, talking, breathing examples of how to do it. Um, and now I don't do any one-to-ones and um, I only coach one group coaching call per week. Um, and we have on average of 20 new signups a month, every month. Gosh, epic. So it's something that uh, the... The same way that we would teach a business now, if we were to, if we have clients, of course, that come in that are trying to scale their businesses. And I'm like, just the same way that I hope that you will scale your business with team and staff and offloading that workload to other people is the mm. same way that we have grown our business. Can I just ask a question on behalf of 50% of the population being male? <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> All right. So it seems very female driven and I get it. That's what your target is. But would you consider teaching the blokes? I've, tr- I've tried. Um, I have said yes to, to many male clients okay. in the past. I actually love working with men. Uh, and the reason I love working with men is because you say it and they do it. Yes, <laughs> I've noticed that too. So good. Yeah. So, so well, We are finding out something here. So, yeah. so, so your audience, your, your uh, students aren't necessarily doing what you're saying they're doing. They're, Women, or they, they take a little longer to do it. Women are just so emotional. Uh, and our emotions get in the way of our logic. You guys are really lucky that you don't have as much estrogen rolling around in your body and you're not over – and also just – I mean, look, we do I have testosterone running around. Yeah. That does hinder us that, a little. Yeah, in some ways, <laughs> you guys don't think much, Nick. That's what it is. You don't think as much as we this do. Is, this we this is just getting better head. and better and better. <laughs> We've just, you know, we're, we're as a as a society, as a culture, women are we're fairly new to the workplace, really. 
as well, you know, even as a, as a species. Yeah, you're you know, right. We don't have a collective memory of work culture, do we? Of, w- of what that looks like and yeah. how we perform in it. And, and we're still, you know, we're, we're seeing this so much in, in media at the moment. You guys will see it as, you know, women who are navigating motherhood and also navigating work life and also, you know, trying to get pay equality and also all of those things. And so the reality is that this is new to us. We are still new to working and that means that what comes with that is, you know, as men, you're raised to not question your decisions. You're raised to, mm. you know, to, to be strong and to go after it. And women are not raised that way. And so we are raised to, you know, be good girls. But that's yep. also, that also has also been part of our fall as well, is Correct. the fact that we don't and we possibly should. So mm. if we were able to come a little bit closer together, we, we might find oh. the perfect solution. To yeah, go co-ed and learn from each other instead. Oh, who, who would have thought? Thought comes. Yeah. Who would have thought that we might head down that scale? That's it. But yeah, you're right. I think us women, uh, you know, when we're being coached, we need a lot more work on the upstairs stuff sometimes. Most of what we do is we do a lot of strategy, but yeah. strategy means nothing if you're not going to implement it. So yeah. we see a lot of women just really struggle with implementation based on lack of confidence, lack of skill set, um, lack of understanding. Uh, it, a lot of women, you know, not always, but don't always know how to learn because yeah. maybe they, you know, just stopped at school and then got married mm-hmm. and had kids and kind of stopped and they're, so they're, you know, developmentally arrested. They've stopped developing at some stage. One of your podcasts, uh, it was a couple of weeks ago, might even been a couple of months ago, it was a 10-minute one that you did on one of your pet peeves <laughs> with <Yes>. coaches. <laughs> I love that. I really enjoyed it because I felt that you, you you called out something that is very much what needs to be called out, is if you're not confident, if you think that a coach is going to change your entire world, then you've really <laughs> got to start to consider, you know, really what are your priorities here because yeah. it's not all about the coach, it's it's about you. Mm. And I love that sort of reflection back at, uh, even I had sat down and thought about myself with the way I work and uh, and I, I don't need a coach, but I, I was – because I, this is what I do. And your mm. energy enthusiasm to in telling that story was just so spot on. And I think that's just the voice that a lot of people need to hear. I think they actually know it, but they just need to be reinforced and told. Are you conscious that that's is – that, is that how you message it out to your people? Is that is that what you're looking to do? So one of the fastest ways that I've found to grow this brand has been to tell people a truth they already know, but they haven't been able to articulate. Mm. Mm. So – you know, you know that um, your corporate day job probably isn't lighting you up, but you're probably scared to say it because you don't really know another way. Mm. You know that really no one can hold, like if you go to the gym, no one really can hold you accountable. Like no I, one can get the result except you. I love right? that example mm. that you use, yeah. The gym's a good example. No one can get that result except you. And yeah. so, you know, when people are paying coaches, they're paying PTs, they're paying business coaches, they're paying, you know, media, you know, coaches, whatever. The reality is that if you can give them all of that information about how to pitch to media, about how to reach out to them, about how to do it, but you've got to actually go and do it. You have to do it. Like, mm. we're not going to do it for you. I mean, you probably do, but that's an additional service. Uh, oh, right? no, look, yeah. I, think, I think you're spot on. It's yeah. exactly right. You bring the platform for them to, to, to perform, mm. um, but at the end of the day, it's their performance. Mm. It's their individual performance that has to be there. So, They've got to get up for it. They've got to do it and do it well. And then the, th- the third thing is they've got to follow up after as well. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of that individual and you can't blame it or put it onto someone else to do it. And this is where I find it really interesting, Steph, is that, that from a CEO perspective, that's not the way it was done 20, 30 years ago. Mm. They were behind their desks. They didn't have to do that. They gave the responsibility to someone else. They went and did it. 
But today, for modern day communications and even modern day business leadership, you have to do it yourself. If you're mm-hmm. not doing it yourself, you can't rely on someone else to do it for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that there's like a portion of empowering your team to be able to you know take on those tasks and do those things. But there's also leading from the top and leading by example. And I think we've gone through a transition over the years where we've seen a lot of leaders not lead by example just do as I say and not as I do you Mm. know and it's not worked it's not inspired uh, workplaces that's why we've seen the great uh, resignation in the last couple of the last couple of years is because we do have really poor leadership um, in a lot of these you know big companies and, and corporate companies and so when we lead from the top we lead by example that doesn't mean we have to do all of the work but that means that we're not above the work yeah. yeah wow and and you know this is a theme actually Steph for the last couple of episodes of this podcast is looking at our leaders and saying hey guys you guys need to do some work on yourselves right mm. now in order for the rest of us to buy what you're selling and mm. it's not going to happen unless you start doing that mm. bit of self-development um, what what would you say then that you have learnt about women and the businesses we choose to go into over the last couple of years? There has been only one woman, maybe two, I've coached over a thousand, that have come to me with a big ballsy idea. Yeah. That have come to me with a industry-shaking idea. Oh, hang on. We're always told to have big, hairy, audacious goals. Are they not doing BHAGs? They're doing BHAGs, but their BHAGs are small. Yes. And this is what I'm seeing mostly is that most women, most men going into business. Sorry, I'm not, what's a BHAG? A big, <laughs> a big, hairy, audacious goal. Oh, fair dinkum. Okay. Yeah. It's a, this is in the women in business kind of environment. Yeah, These are the Nick, things. you got to catch up. And it's funny. Where's my book? I need yeah. to read. <laughs> but we bounce around these, these, this jargon. And what Steph's saying to us is even though we're saying we've got big, hairy, audacious goals, they're not actually that big. Mm-mm. Can you give us an example? Most women um, say that they want, uh, you know, financial freedom. Financial freedom is so subjective to whatever they want. So there's nothing wrong. There's no right or wrong with financial freedom, right? Sure. Um, mm-hmm. But most businesses will be like a lot of businesses, and especially when I first got started, will come to me and they'll be like, I just want to make a living from this. It's like, is that girlfriend, all? you could change the freaking world with this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you could literally change the world with this. And, in Australia, we have really bad tall poppy syndrome. You guys would know it mm. from media so well. We have really, really awful. Like in America, you would be celebrated for any success that you create. Here, we almost like, you know, my partner and I are just about to buy a house and we're like terrified to put it on social media because every single time that we celebrate a big success on social media, we get taken down. You yeah. know, yeah. people come people come at us for what we've created. I sold a house today. Congratulations. You? Thank you, thank you. Oh God, now I'm going to get shut down. Yeah. But <laughs> is that because I'm a male that I, I won't get shut you down? You won't. And, and Tim um. doesn't anywhere near as much as I do you know, yeah. and it's, it's it, people, you know, oh, all she talks about is money and all she, and it's like, I'm actually just trying to change the language for women that we can have money and we can earn money. We can be the breadwinners. We can make millions of dollars that we can have balance. You know, we mm. actually can do just as much as everybody else, but you have to want it. You have to be willing to work for it. And you also have to um, dream it, dream yeah, it big the enough. dreaming big. Yeah. Yes. So they're not coming to you with the bigger picture. They're just coming to you with pretty stock standard. Yeah. I just want to uh, make, I want to make a, I want to make a living from doing this instead of working my day job. But is is that but but that is actually a big goal then. It's, it's a big goal for them actually at the moment because it'd be nice if they're doing something that they actually thoroughly enjoy. Correct, and yeah. it's, so that a lot of the time so it's, it's there's nothing wrong with it. Like I said, yeah. it's purpose driven, yeah. and so they want to just be happy. Yeah, a lot of women just want happiness. Mm. What, what were the big? What's it? The B hags? What, what what was the B hag um, well, that came the, to you? The one, that, <laughs> yeah, the one big one, the big one. You actually probably um, could int- interview them because it's a really really interesting. Um, 
uh, business concept. They've actually just got it off the ground. Um, a p- couple of Perth girls, so really, really great. Um, it's called Peachy, and it's basically um, reinventing insurance, which oh. I love because it's such an industry that is so old. Oh, yeah. Insurance, yeah, horrible, oh bad reputation. Hey, 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 Everyone hates and them. And that's not to the insurance companies that work with Media Stable. <laughs> no, they're managing their reputation. They clearly. are doing it very well. But keep going, Peachy. So yeah. she, she basically came to me with this idea, and she was like, um, her name's Catherine Clayton, and she came to me with this idea, and she said, I want to shake up the industry because insurance is all about just cars, houses, contents, that sort of stuff. And she was like, as women, we spend so much money on stuff that we, one, don't want to tell our husbands about. Yeah. Like expensive shoes, expensive handbags, expensive jewellery that mm-hmm. we're not telling Your you about. Your hairdressing is a lot more expensive than my <laughs> barber's haircut. I can assure Correct. you on that front. Our makeup, like often, yeah. like we will buy, you know, a $300 foundation as an example. It's not me personally, but mm-hmm. a $300 <laughs> foundation and you'll lose it in the back of a frigging taxi on a night out. Yeah. And so mm. she, so they've actually actually created this insurance app where you can um, and they've done it it's 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 created this is very cool yeah, yeah they've created this insurance app where you can um, as a, as especially for females with these smaller purchases like a, like a pair of you know Chanel sneakers or yeah. whatever stuff that you probably wouldn't put on the contents insurance but you definitely don't want to lose yeah they're starting to create insurance for those small things and Love so it. you basically buy the insurance as you buy the product it's very interesting. It's going to shake up the industry. She's got, I think, um, the girl who does the handbags in Perth as well. Um, anyway, but oh. yeah, a few, a few. Um, you would leave know. her name and number with me because okay. <laughs> there is a real opportunity. Great I, I love, I love that yeah. concept. Yeah. So that's a hag. So that was like I'll somebody. Right that was yeah. somebody who came to me when I was like, and I actually said to her, she was like, "What do you think?" And I was like, "I think that's amazing. I think that you need to go and find someone else because." I don't coach that. I don't right. know. I, I'm a really big believer in find someone who's walked the path and and mm. really follow them along that journey. So I told her to reach out to um, somebody else in Perth, who I cannot remember the name of right now, and um, they reached out. They actually partnered on it, um, and she had really big connections. She was friends with people like Lisa Messenger and other people yeah, who wow. are. And and so that's how this is. They've they've had to go. They've had to do angel investing. They've got millions of dollars of funding. They've got like the whole thing. Brilliant. Yeah. Yep. No, love I it. love that. And you know what? I think we can also take another lesson from that. Like the businesses that are going to survive are going to thrive um, as startups are ones that, as you say, Nick, the essence of a good story, meet a human need. Yep. You know, that is really intimate knowledge of your ideal client. This is a woman who secretly buys handbags and needs them insured in case she drops it one night in a taxi. Mm-hmm. Or not a taxi, an Uber, right? I'm so just, you've got I'm to know your thinking, person. Thinking of phones and all yep. of that kind of stuff. Yeah. That, well, that might be on home and contents, but... You know, the, the things that are really it's important. You, can things. you imagine anyone not being able to walk around with their phone? I yeah. Mean, mm. You know, I've, I've literally turned around, you know, five, six k's away from the house, go back, get my phone. Yes. Because <laughs> it's the one thing you can't live can't without. Live without it. Yeah. Can't it's got my money so on it. It's got, my <laughs> it's got your money. It's got, it's got your phone and it's got your Insta. It's got I everything. have a Tesla, so my, my phone starts my car. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. Well, you okay. won't get very, you wouldn't have got five kilometres without five your phone. Yeah. I think we just got five haters through to the email because you mentioned Tesla. How dare you have money? I love I love Tesla. I yeah. love it. Hey, um, so media, media as a whole, how has that played a role in you telling your story? Have you done much media? And, and I will preface this with Mamma Mia. I loved your piece in Mamma Mia. It was Thank such you. a personal uh, touch. And that that's gutsy to do that. What was it about? What did she say? Well, you basically talked about your story. Uh, it was uh, you were heading over to Scotland mm. and you were going there to meet your boyfriend mm-hmm. at the time. 
but he's dumped you two weeks beforehand. You've mm. already left your job and everything. Yeah. And it's like, wow, mm. it's such a personal touch to, and to share that with everyone. Yeah. Is that, is that deliberate? I grew my first, so th- that all happened. And, and, and by the way, is that deliberate as in, did you deliberately break up with a boyfriend? No, no, no of course not. No, 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 when I first started my first business called House of Hobby, the reason I created it was because I had had this experience and I remember waking up and looking in the mirror one morning and not being able to recognise the woman that was looking back at me because I was so lost in this relationship. I was so deeply in love with this person that I was willing to sacrifice everything. And you did. And I did. Yeah. Mm. And then he left me and that really made me, and it was actually a cycle that I had repeated two or three times and it was it was my self-sabotage cycle of consistently picking the wrong people but also consistently going really really deeply into things without having any um self-worth I guess and so my first business was actually created on the premise that I would help women find hobbies so that they wouldn't lose themselves in relationships that was the premise of my first business wonderful which is why it did so well Mm. right because it again solved an intimate human yeah this is something that happens for women a lot yeah and so um every workshop that we ran for finding hobbies I would stand at the front of the workshop and I would share the story Mm. and I found that when I share personal stories, I, I didn't know this. I didn't. I don't know anything about marketing. I don't know anything about media. I don't know anything. I, when I first got started, I had no idea what I was doing. But I knew that when I shared personal stories, it, pe- resonated. it resonated and yep. people were telling their friends and our business was growing. Yeah, because your radio PD would have given you a big thumbs up and a tick for that one. So, yeah, well done. Thank you. you know, that intimacy allows people to see themselves in you, you mm-hmm. know, and so as soon as you start to break down the walls and go, here's a really deeply personal thing about me, they go, oh, that's like the time I... And suddenly that human connection is there. And it's such a stronger bond than if you were to get up and go, hi, I'm Steph Gordon. I created a house of hobby. You can come here and buy this, this and this and do this, this and this. Like stop selling features. We've got to talk about how it feels to totally. be around you. Well, you've just reminded me also of another podcast that you've just recently done. Don't stop now. You're marketing leading up to Christmas because it's yeah. all happening right now. It all happens right now. Yeah, totally. So in answer to your question about Mum Mia, was it deliberate? subconsciously I'd say yes I I think I don't think I had conscious awareness at that point that this was a deliberate thing did I know that by sharing vulnerable stories was always consistently getting me an outcome definitely yeah so that was all I really knew how to do so I shared it um they called me straight away we had a conversation they interviewed me they wrote the story they wrote the piece and then it went viral um it went really viral so um you know, it got picked up by Lad Bible uh, because of oh the fact that it was a dude. Yeah. Um, and anyway, so because it got picked up on Lad Bible. So you're now reaching 100% of the... Uh, it got picked up by the Sun in the UK. It got picked up. It was everywhere. Like awesome. Everywhere. And, um, and how did it benefit me? Because it wasn't really about my business, it didn't really, I guess, I wouldn't say it benefited me. The way that it did benefit me was the way that I utilised it. Mm. So I had a friend um, who uh, on, who has some connections in Facebook and I knew I knew that to get a blue tick on social media, which is just a huge social proof thing, like mm. really, like that's all it is, but I knew that you needed a certain amount of articles in a certain amount of time Look at you. to get a blue tick. <laughs> wow. And so I was like... 
I'm pretty sure that this is enough articles. I don't know exactly what the rules are, but I'm pretty sure this is enough articles. And digital mm. articles at that, yep. so they could see them quite easily. They could easily. see them. Yeah. So I, he was like, he, my friend said, collate all the articles into a document. So I just put all the links into a document. Yep. Yep. They sent it off to Facebook. A couple of weeks later, I had blue tick. Aha. Uh-huh. Well so, like, is it because they were all over the world, these articles, and all at the same time? Is that kind I of think why, the virality of it? I, I think it's virality of it. I think it's like you need yeah. a, uh, like, I don't really know exactly how they do it or what happens, but, you know, celebrity status and so there has to be enough people talking about you at once that other people might want to impersonate you uh, for Ah, whatever reason yeah Uh, and so I've got that and I really think that that I know that it's so disgustingly you know um (laughs) you wish it didn't matter but it Ah, does correct like I really hate the fact that it's 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 so like that, but yeah. social media, it has, having a blue tick has really opened so many doors oh, for me. Yeah. yeah. For yeah. sure. It's, it's, it is the, at least the identification and recognition that you've got that, uh, that position. Mm. You mentioned that you, you have your, you sort of have your meltdowns or you had your re, your burnouts. How does Steph Gorton get back to, to norm? How, what does she do to sort of, you know, take that away or at least, you know, fend that off? Uh, during the day first thing is if when I burn out I have to really sit down and I don't know usually I'm crying (laughs) Um, but I really used to I have to sit down and identify what's not been working like what hasn't worked what isn't working here in this and usually for me it's people pleasing I think part of the reason why I have raving fans is because I genuinely frigging care about my clients Mm. I, I really care I care way too much like to the point where I'll you know, crash myself into the floor trying to please my clients, you know. So for me, it's like, okay, where am I over delivering from fear of scarcity, from fear that they will hate me or that they will leave me? Mm-hmm. Um, and where can I pull back to fill my own cup first so that I can be better, actually better for them? Because, sure. you know, leadership, you would know, you guys run businesses, mm. it's top down. So yep. if I'm burnt out and exhausted, my team are flat on energy, which means my clients are receiving a team that are flat on energy, which means that they're having a subpar experience, which means that, you know, it's, mm. it's just such a... a uh, a, a complete you know follow-on and and um, snowball process and so for me now it's um really being really firm in and I mean, boundaries is a bit of a buzzword at the moment but really being really firm in my boundaries of being like no you know I don't do one-to-ones even if someone like a couple of weeks ago someone was like we'll pay you thirty thousand dollars for one-to-ones mm-hmm. and I was like I don't do one-to-ones can you send them my way? Yeah. <laughs> Nick said I, he wants you. Yeah, I, was like, I, do, I do them. I do them. I do lots of one-to-ones. Whatever you want. Uh, but, but I get it. I get it. You've got to be firm. And I think also to, um, you know, your energy is, you know, you can't, you've got to, people have got to realise that um, you can't do it 24-7. And, and there, there is a cost that comes with it as well. And I'm not willing to sacrifice my relationship. And, it's, uh, you know, mm. it, there have been so many times where Tim's just looked at me and said, Steph... <laughs> How come everyone gets the best of you and I get the worst of you? Oh, you know? Ouch. Yeah. Right. And it, it happens a lot because I get mm. on Zoom and I get on my podcast and I come to things like this and I'm yep. like, <laughs> yeah. You know? And then afterwards I shut my computer and I'm like, don't freaking talk to me. I don't want to talk to you anymore. Like, yeah. don't touch me. I don't want to be touched. Don't. Yeah. Uh, who, the things that mean the most to me were becoming sacrificed for what? A dollar figure? Yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah. 
And this is good. Did you ever get to that point in corporate or has it been through business that you've realised you needed to address the burnout? Oh, I was really toxic in corporate for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hadn't done any self-work when I was in corporate. I'd, I'd never done, never been to a self-development conference. Didn't understand that really I was the cause of all my problems. I know. <laughs> Why is that? And, and, you know, we talk all the time about corporate training, corporate training, corporate training. I would argue none of the underlings are going to any corporate training and that is that is a real problem mm. in the way we do business in this country. So I was the same. You know, 20 years in the broadcast media never got sent to any professional development where I really learned anything about myself you yeah. know at and least please teach us like I just want the world to understand radical responsibility at the very least like just understand that you are the cause for the outcomes in your life that's it yes there's no blame there's nah. no like you are the you are the cause of it and I think once everybody can take some responsibility for where they're at if you're not happy you, the best thing about radical responsibility is you can change it it's so empowering part. isn't it yeah it's the best could talk for hours. I know, right? How gosh, we've already we've, talked for half of one. We've done it. We've there done it. it. We've done it. We didn't <laughs> even get to touch on some of the things that I knew that you wanted to I touch know. on. No, All the media appearances, media, and, media appearances, mm. and everything that you've covered. I think you've you've done it beautifully, and you've actually yeah. got yourself out there. And I think I like that vulnerability. I think you know, and also to that vulnerability, also to realizing that. Um, you know, there is a cause and there's an action and there's also to a reaction that comes from it. But if you're prepared to give that up, and I think that's a message to all experts out there, yeah. give yourself as much as you possibly can into your media experiences because it is that human story that people are, are craving for. Mm. They want that and they also want to subscribe and understand who you are at the other end. Um, I feel like we've got a little bit there, Steph, but I'm not sure. We could, we literally could talk for hours. <laughs> yeah, I've, talking is my favourite thing. Well, you wouldn't <laughs> know it. You wouldn't know it, Steph. Um, yeah, and I think that's why the business um, has gone so well through the content you make too. You know, so you've you've got the podcast. What else do you do in terms of your content to say, so hey, I'm Steph Gorton? Just started a YouTube channel, but that will take a while because YouTube is a very slow medium. Mm. Um, and I've actually just hired a speaking coach to help me put together some keynotes so that I can actually, one of my goals this year, and I'm sure we'll be chatting off air very shortly, um, <laughs> is, is to get more media. Um, and mostly because I have a message that I do want to share and I have things that I do want to say and I mm. want women to understand a little bit. I want women to understand themselves more so they can control and harness that power. Well, last Love week it. last week we just had Dr. Nero Least, who is the president of the PSA, Professional Speakers Australia, and we were just talking about convention in March. It's going to be in Melbourne, so Amazing. get yourself you there. You might have to get come, Steph. Yeah. It's going to be fun. It will Sounds be fun. Like Carms it. is presenting. She's got a workshop oh. there. Um, but that's something to do. And yeah. look, yeah. yeah, media. I see media in your in your. Uh, it's your not been future. something I've really – I've tapped in a little bit. I've got a couple of Forbes mentions and a few little bits and pieces here and there, But I and I can see the benefit of the social proof and I can see the benefit that it's having in other people's businesses. Yep. Mm -hmm. And um, now that I've freed up the time and space in my business, it's something that I'm really interested in going after. And boom, you've got to be available to do it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well done, you. Well done, you. Uh, another good one. Uh, oh, incredible. Thank you, Steph, for coming Steph, in. Steph, if people do want to get in contact with you, how do they do it? Honestly, the best place I, you know, Instagram. Instagram. It really is. It's my <laughs> number one. It's my. It's gorgeous. It's, it's where I spend so much of my time. Look for the blue tick. Look for the blue tick at Steph Gorton. You'll find me. Look for the <laughs> one with 157 comments after it, and it's only been up there for a couple of hours. <laughs> I get 157 comments a month. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, if I'm know. lucky. If I'm lucky. Nah, well, yeah, well done. done. Steph Thank doing amazing you. things. And uh, another good one there, comes. Loved it. Yes, absolutely. Great to chat. Well, next week we'll be speaking to another expert or another media, look forward to your company then. Ta-da. You've been listening to The Experts Podcast, powered by Media Stable. If you'd like to get in contact with the team, head to mediastable.com.au.